Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill welcome to stupidity home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet i tell you what man he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape okay so here's a deal he's a true icon in every sense of the word he's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. They still got a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Welcome in to another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate and review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. You have made us the biggest podcast in the world. Mikey A, you look like you're in a place that I've never seen you before, and I'm certainly in a place you've never seen me before. What is going on? Uh, <laughs> what, what happened to me? I, I came down to Florida to see you, and you went up to New York. What the hell? Yeah. Well, you came to the west coast of Florida, Mike. It's three and a half hours away from my house, but closer to my, uh, but closer to my house than the studios down at South Beach. How about that? <laughs> what I just said to people is, I live in South Florida, and the west coast of South Florida is closer to my house than where Dan makes me drive every day to do the goddamn radio show. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh my God! What are you doing in Tampa? You oh God! Don't tell me you went to the Islander game, did you? I came down and I went to the Islander game wearing Islander stuff, and they lost eight nothing. <laughs> and when I tell you, I was ready to. I went in there with such a buzz. I had my brother and my nephew with me. They're both big goons. I'm like, we're gonna. And there's so many Islander fans in Tampa. We walked in. We were ready to like. We were just get rowdy, and it was one nothing in 45 seconds. And it yeah, was. And then it was eight nothing. And then it was eight nothing. <laughs> And I walked out with my head down low and I got, I mean, people in Tampa, they're, they're just so used to it. They're like, well, try again next time. Thanks yep, buddy. Title town. Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> that fucking Kucherov shit. That is, bu- listen, Tampa, I'm telling you right now, you win the Stanley cup. It will not be a Stanley cup in my personal record book. You do not get to go without your best player the entire regular season. Rest in. And then for salary cap reasons, some lame rule in hockey, all of a sudden, you're getting the weight. <laughs> the modern day Wayne Gretzky is back in your lineup. <laughs> and the guy had three assists in an eight nothing win. Uh, he's, un- he's one of the best players in hockey. And so, what I'm telling you is in my personal record book, if the Lightning win a Stanley Cup championship this year, um, 
it won't count in my personal record book. But Mike, that's an embarrassment. You go down there, you're dressed in Islander gear, you're all fired up for the game. You're coming off a big emotional victory in Game Four, knowing Game Five is. Did you wear a mask? Because I promise you, no one else in Tampa is wearing a fucking mask. And <laughs> no, I haven't I've, been wearing a mask in a year. I, it, it was absolutely just completely different when you're in Connecticut and you have to like drive with a mask on, you know, even if you're by yourself. And then I walk into an arena and everybody's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, nobody is wearing a mask. Guys coughing in my face. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so it's been jarring my way because down in Florida, we've been open even during the entire pandemic. <laughs> you would not know there was a pandemic down there. It's why it's why everyone moved down there. It's why uh, the housing market is is on fire down there. Uh, people just want to move down there because the rules are different. And now I'm up in New York, and I'm like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. Okay, it's like people are still taking this thing seriously as we should. You <laughs> yes. know, my wife packed I think forty masks for all of us, and basically I think we've used like two. Because we're 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 you in New York they you get you. you get dirty looks when you're not wearing a mask in Florida you're getting dirty looks like why is that person wearing a mask? The forty masks that you and your wife bought are more than the entire Tampa area has. <laughs> Congratulations, you and your wife have more masks than all of Tampa combined. Okay? Honestly, I've just been using them to mop up sweat from under my arms because I got to tell you, man, I've been sitting in ball soup since I got here. I told you, dude. Like, listen, uh, <laughs> ball soup. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Seriously, ball soup. And the hotel room you're in is so damper yeah. right now. <laughs> it's got, like, flamingo colors. This is my paint. father's house. Oh. <laughs> <Stupidity>. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was your dad, John Knott. <laughs> Who was your dad, son of I mean, <laughs> Listen, my dad moved down here and took all the furniture from our old house, so it's all like the 80s stuff from our house in New York. Does it have plastic over it? <laughs> no, no, that was gonna... But I mean, it's just. It's... Oh, no, 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 that's where I draw the line. No, that's no, where no, we no. draw the line, yeah. Pink, fine. <laughs> Orange, fine. Plastic, no. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no. no. This that's amazing. When you got flamingo spot. my father's It's my stupidity. <laughs> 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 I just, uh, I thought Mike, audience, listen, okay, I thought Mike was staying in some cheesy West Coast Tampa fucking hotel, (laughs) because that's what his background looks like. And it's his dad's house. I mean, I'm, I'm not turning. I'm not, I feel horrible. I fucking feel dumb. Tell your dad I'm sorry. but I'm not. <laughs> Mike, was that some sort of Ric Flair doll I said? You were panning around the house, showing me the house. Is that a Ric Flair doll I saw in the background there? That was my kid. <laughs> so stupidity. Bring on Michael K. <laughs> um... Just quickly, Mikey A, now that you spent time in Tampa, do you now realize like why I maintain Gronk should have spent his entire career in Tampa? It's the best place ever. Uh, I mean, the guy is Tampa. He is Tampa personified. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Stu Gouch here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Very excited to have Michael Kay with us here on Stupidity, the voice of the New York Yankees, Yankee broadcaster, ESPN New York sports radio personality, does the afternoon shows, and host of Yes Network Center Stage, has a new book, Center Stage, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z, book is already out, it's available wherever you purchase your books. Mike, the most nervous you've been for an interview, I love Center Stage, it's fantastic, but I am wondering, the most nervous Michael Kay has ever been for an interview on Center Stage? It was probably the Mike Tyson interview um, because there were times that he was so emotional on stage that I thought he was going to hit me. <laughs> so that got a little nervous. And people were like sitting on the edge of their seats. And you know, he was crying. He was laughing. You know, he'd go between happy and sad. And when I asked him about his tattoo on his face, he looked like he was going to punch me. So I was a little nervous then, to tell you the truth. Is that the most nervous you've been? Like, period, flat out? Like, like because we've had Tyson on our show before, me and Levitard, and I'm telling you, that's it's an emotional roller coaster with Mike where one second he's happy and the next second you swear he's on a plane coming down to kill you. And so uh, was that the most nervous you've been? You know, just nervous in terms of, like, you know, my physical well-being. Other other guys, you know, you get a, you get a little butterflies. You know, I, I had some butterflies, obviously, with Paul Simon because I'm such a fan of his work and, you know, uh, you know, Adam Sandler, although Adam Sandler is certainly disarming in the way he is. But, you know, these these people that we've had on, they're huge stars. So uh, you don't want to mess it up. Uh, so you have butterflies. But I don't think I don't think I was nervous except for, you know, Tyson hitting me. 
Uh, Mike, you're a huge star. So I imagine yeah. some people sit down that, well, Mike, no, you are because you're the voice of the Yankees. You have a great afternoon show on ESPN Radio in New York. And you're a massive star. And so I imagine there are people who have sat down and like, holy shit, I'm sitting right across from Michael Gay. Like, have you felt that before? I have never, ever, ever in my life, <laughs> ever, ever, ever felt that. No, never once. Never once. <laughs> Mike, someone's had to sit down there who's a, who's just like a massive Yankee fan who wanted to meet you. Like, there has to be somebody. Well, yeah. You're being, it was, hum you're being humble if here. If there was, a, like, a fan we pulled out of the audience, maybe they'd be a little bit, but I don't think, like, Sylvester Stallone was sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm sitting with Michael Gay. No, I don't think he, any of them get nervous. Oh, that's so great. Center stage, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z. Uh, the book is out now. Who's the person Michael Kay sat down to interview and was like, Holy shit, I can't believe this person is sitting across from me. It was probably it was probably Paul Simon because Paul Simon walked out with a guitar. Oh, man. Came out on stage and I said, well, that's probably maybe a pacifier or, you know, a prop. And he put it next to the big chair and we're doing the show. And like I sit maybe like two feet away from the guest. And then he's answering questions about certain songs like, why do you use Joe DiMaggio and not Mickey Mantle and Mrs. Robinson? And then he picks up the guitar and starts like going through each line and why he did it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at him and it's, it's hard to concentrate because if, if you're going to do a good interview, you have to listen to the answer. And I'm just like daydreaming. I'm sitting this close to Paul Simon. Like if the world goes on another 5,000 years, Paul Simon's music is still going to be really important. And by the way, the answer to that question was syllables. He said, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Mike, so so it's interesting what you just brought up because Michael K with us. Um, Dan Patrick once was on with me and Levitar, and right when we were starting out our radio show, and we were asking him the keys to doing a good interview. And he said, guys, the most simple advice, the simplest advice I can give you, it's easy. Just listen. Listen to what it is your guest is saying. Don't just go to the next question. And so, Mike, it sounds like such a simple lesson to say, hey, just listen. But easier said than done when Paul Simon sitting next to you playing the guitar, right? It is. It, it, and I, I agree with Dan. And so many great interviewers that are considered great interviewers, they have lists of questions, right? And then you'll hear, like, the guy that they're, that, that they're interviewing go, and by the way, before I got here, I, I was actually abducted by aliens, and I spent three days in a ship. And they go, well, what happened on your next movie? I mean, they just. <laughs> so, I mean, you could really make yourself look bad if you don't listen. But, uh, yeah, you, obviously people should listen. Because when we do center stage, we have like a skeleton that we put together. Of, it's eight segments of how we want, you know, the interview to go and with questions and everything. But I know I've done a decent job when I don't use most of the right. questions. So. You just have to listen and go off of the answers. That's the best right, way to do it. Abducted by aliens. But what about that butt in the fourth inning? <laughs> Wait, so that's interesting. So you feel like, because I'm totally with you, like if Dan and I don't get to most of our questions, those usually turn out to be the best interviews that we've done. You feel the same way? Absolutely, because that means that the, the, the guest took you down a path that wasn't predictable. Because most of these people that we're interviewing, they're really, really well known. Uh, I'm trying to get the arc of their life in, in an hour. So if I don't get to the, the, the questions that I have, that means that they went somewhere that they'd never gone before. Because, you know, every time we book a guest, they, they send me like seven, 800 pages of research. So you really do a lot of homework on these people. And you know everything about them. And if they go somewhere else, that's great. That's what I want. 
So you host your radio show with uh, with two guys, Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg. Which one listens? <laughs> Who's the worst listener of the two? <laughs> I think it's Peter. <laughs> ADD, right? Oh, all over the I place. Mean, Peter is actually, you know, he's got so many things going on in his life. He's sending out, like, stuff on his album. And, like, I could say, uh, we just know if Peter needs a break, just go to a baseball guest. And then Peter's gone. So that's that. <laughs> uh, Michael K. That's his new book. Go ahead, Mikey. Yeah, you got some. Um, we have a lot of guests on the show. And I have ones I call Trust Me Interviews, where I try and get somebody to listen. And I'm like, just trust me. Listen to this one. Who's the? What's the one interview you had where you were like, if if I could get anybody to listen to any of these, just listen to this one. I, you know what, I I think it would be Larry David. Larry David was so great, and you know, obviously you guys asked me about um, nervousness. I was really anxious about that one because he's so smart and so funny, and I didn't know if I was going to get Larry from Curb, where he'd be nasty too, and. Real life Larry is kind of like Larry from Curb, but somewhat less mean. And just from that interview, and I thought he was hilarious and funny and all of that, we've become like not name dropping. We've kind of become friends where he'll text me during Yankee games. Why did Boone take out Chad Green? I don't understand. (laughs) As the game's going on, I'm doing play by play. I look down at my phone and I could hear it in his voice. So, I mean, the whole show was like that. And so many people have come up and told me, I love the Larry David show. So uh, that would be the one I'd say, yeah, definitely listen to that one. I've I've heard that he has gone out during stand-up and he's walked out and looked at the crowd and said, this isn't going to work out. And he's left the stage and just didn't do a set. So I would be nervous that he might even just not do the interview. He'd walk out and just, you know, look at what you're wearing or something and go, no, I don't want to do this interview and leave. He could definitely do that. And, and this is the perfect Larry story. All right. So we, we do the interview on center stage. A year later, he calls me up. He says, I got to do a speech at Emerson College because my daughter goes there and I promised him I would do it. I said, oh, that sounds like fun. He goes, no, it's not fun at all. He goes, I hate being on stage alone. He said, so here's what I want. Would you drive to Boston and recreate center stage with me on the stage? I said, yeah, okay. So I drove up. We did like an hour and a half and that was kind of great. And then like every time like a new season of Curb comes out, they have a big premiere at the 92nd Street Y in New York. And so he asked me to come host it. So I do it. I love doing it. It's, it's, I, I'm flattered that he does it. So I put the book together and I want to get two forwards in the book. I want Bob Costas, who actually wrote the forward, and I want Larry David. Now, we're friends and I don't consider doing anything for a friend a favor, but I've, drawn, I've driven to Boston for him. I run out of my radio show to go do a a two-hour event at the Y, all on the arm, which is what a friend does, right? And I just, Bob Costa said, yes, absolutely, send me the galleys, I'll read it. He wrote a great forward. And the other forward, I asked Larry, and he calls up, and he goes, "Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do it. And that was it. It was was like classic Larry David. I said, why? He goes, I don't think so. And I thought he was What an asshole. But he he said, no, I'm not going to do it. That is amazing. Are you mad? Were you mad? Were you upset? I was a little chap, a little bit. It seems so. Yeah. But, you know, we're going back and forth on text, and he's, like, giving me the reasons why. And, like, the text was, like, you know, 20 minutes. And I said, you know, the time that you just took to, like, explain all this, you could have written a forward. 
this could be the forward. Great idea. She said, you know what you should do? I said, why? She goes, just print the whole text exchange as the forward. But I didn't want to do that. Being friends with Larry David seems exhausting. <laughs> you definitely have to play by his rules. And Michael, don't look now. Larry David's an example of someone who's excited to meet Michael K. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you don't think somebody's texting you during games. How often does that happen where people are texting you, celebrities are texting you during not, games? Not often. Because everyone loves the Yankees. I don't think so anything excites Larry like that for sure. <laughs> Michael K is with us here. Uh, on Stupidity, the great Michael K. His new book, Center Stage, uh, his most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z. It is out right now. Um, the guess you thought would be bad, but turned out to be great. Oh. You have one of those? Yeah. I don't know if we've had that. I mean, I, there, there have been guests I thought would be great that were awful. Uh, oh, give us one of Dennis those. Dennis Quaid was the worst <laughs> interview we've ever done. It was unbelievable. You know, really? He, he came in, and, you know, when you when you commit to Center Stage, it's like an hour and half uh, hour and a half commitment you know with makeup and then sitting down doing the show and for some reason he came there thinking it was an eight out eight minute interview like like he was on regis and, and kelly and uh, you know his publicist then told him no no it's an hour so he was chapped right away he sits down on stage first two interview first two segments it's an eight segment show yes no yes no all the answers yes and no and so after the second segment i lean over to him at the commercial i said Hey, listen, the show's an hour, whether you yes and know it or not. <laughs> I said, I got thousands of questions. I said, at the end of it, you're going to look bad. I'll be fine. So you decide how you want this to go. And he was like startled that somebody would talk to him like that. And uh, he picked it up, but it was still an absolute train wreck show. And uh, I watch him now. Like I see him on the Tonight Show or Kimmel. And he's a really good guest in eight minutes, but over an hour, not good. <laughs> um, imagine talking to Tyson like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I wouldn't have said that to Mike. I would have less. He would have yet known me for an hour. I would have been fine. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Michael, you've had so many great guests over the years, and so I'm wondering, who's the guy, who's the person that you haven't had on center stage, that you're dying to get on center stage? My white whale would be uh, Springsteen, Billy Joel, and, uh, and Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, Springsteen's people said he doesn't like to do long-form interviews. Uh, he does a show on Broadway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know what? He gets paid for that. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. The, what do they pay for center stage? Anything? I think they give you a Yankee jacket. They do give you a Yankee jacket. <laughs> Uh, it's all small. 
I'm surprised we can't get Jerry because he's really close with Larry and Larry has obviously had a good experience on the show. And the only thing I can think is that Jerry's such a big Met fan. Maybe he doesn't want to go on the Yes Network or maybe I should get Gary Cohen to fill in for me for one show. (laughs) Center stage, my most fascinating interviews. Uh, Michael, I want to ask you here. um, It's available wherever you buy your books. I want to ask you here because I followed your career, most of your career growing up in New York. And so I'm just wondering, like, Mike, you, you grew up a big Yankee fan, Michael, growing up. And so I've always wondered, what was it like for you growing up as a Yankee fan and then going into the booth for that first game? If you could take us through the emotional ride of your first game, calling your first game uh, for the New York Yankees, having grown up as a Yankee fan, I've always been interested in what that was like for you. Well, I grew up and... You know, I knew, John, that I was awful as a baseball player early. So uh, at nine years old, I told my parents I wanted to be the Yankee announcer. And they were actually receptive, but they, they always kept telling me, well, make sure you have a fallback because they realized <laughs> how likely it was. So, my parents said the same to me, Michael. <laughs> yes. It was yes. smart. So um, <laughs> the first game ever was 1992. It was the Yankees against the uh, Red Sox at Yankee Stadium. And it was Scott Sanderson against Roger Clemens. Scott Sanderson for the Yankees. And I remember walking into the booth and taking a deep breath and feeling like I had to go to the bathroom. I mean, my heart was beating. And I sit down next to John and I'm writing down my lineup card. And you're thinking about, wow, I can't believe this is really happening. And you just think somebody's going to pull the plug on your dream that you're all it's all a fantasy. But it was real. Stadium's jammed. Looks great. Beautiful day. And with about 30 seconds to air, John Sterling turns to me and said, uh, uh, as you embark on this new career, I have two bits of advice for you. And I said, oh, this is great. Talk for my sternum, you know, the whole deal, you know, how to project my voice. He goes, uh, never ask me my age on the air. And I talk to myself quite often. Please don't be alarmed. And the engineer goes, you're on. And that was the beginning of my broadcast. <laughs> Very comforting words from Sterling. <laughs> hey, don't, Mike, you got this. Good luck. Don't worry about it. You're going to be great. Not just I talk to myself. Don't be alarmed. But you know what? Those are really good bits of advice because John, in the 10 years I've worked with him, when I was doing like the play-by-play, he would do the color, obviously, but he would turn to the side, right? And he would have a running dialogue with no one. And if he had not warned me that he spoke to himself, I would have freaked out. But it became a thing that there were three people in the booth, but I never met the third person. <laughs> but my, you still feel like you're living out a dream, oh, right? Like it, this is like every day you head to the stadium. It's it's pinch me moments, right? Every single day. Uh, I mean, I'm not being corny about it. I walk in that booth every day, and I go this. And the the, the amazing thing, John, it's 30 years now, and it's gone it's by in an eye blink. People look at me and say, "Michael, you look like you're 15 years old. How could it be 30 years?" But I don't look 15. That was just a joke. You're supposed to laugh. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Mike. No, no. 30 years. I can't believe it's gone by. And every single day, I appreciate it. I never take it for granted. And I know that it could be taken away at any moment. One slip of the tongue. One somebody changes their mind. I get that. But uh, even if it ends tomorrow, 30 years is pretty cool. Great run. Uh, better feeling that first game you called or beating my Francesca at afternoon drive. <laughs> you know what? I got to tell you, it might be beating Francesca. I think it is. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I'm honest. Michael. I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, the Yankee thing was so exciting and it was a thrill. But in turn, you know, every day is a throw. But that day when that book came in and we beat him and he had just been so nasty about us and so, so dismissive, it was, uh, it was, I had to take a shower afterward feeling. Oh, wow. That's great. Uh, do you have a good Francesca story of Mike just being Mike? <laughs> just being an ass? <laughs> well, when I, yeah, I do. I've never told this. Um, okay. uh, oh, wow. Good. I, we had just, I had just gotten the radio show. So it was like when the Yes Network started and it was 20 years 20 years ago and I was at Madison Square Garden and listen the show was at 10 in the morning from 10 to 1 I was in their competition and Mike and Chris were at the um were at the garden and I was at the garden because I used to do pre and post for the Knicks and I just walked up to them and I said listen I'm starting you know this this talk show you guys have any advice well why would I give you any advice you're a competitor I wouldn't I'm not giving you any advice he walked away and that, that, you know, I give him credit. <laughs> you know, Russo went into this whole thing and told me, ah, you, got it. <laughs> you know, the whole deal, which was right. great. But Mike just, why would I give you any advice? You work for another station. You're a competitor. <laughs> I said, okay, thank you. Thanks a lot. You did okay without his advice, though. <laughs> it took a while, Russo's though. advice must have been good. It took a while. <laughs> it took a while. It did, but that was weird. Like you grew up listening. Well, you didn't grow up listening to them. I grew up listening to them. ESPN New York was not around yeah. when I was growing up as a kid, so they were like for many people. Um, that's the place you went to one to six o'clock to get reaction to the big game the night before, or just what's going on in New York sports. So um, I'm certain at some level, at some point, like you were a fan of those two, and then to actually go out there and beat them had to feel amazing, had to feel great. Well, I, I, you know, I never ended up beating Mike and Chris because when they were together, we were actually on right. call AM signal. But then when right. Mike, you know, Mike kept dominating, even after Chris went to Sirius XM. And, um, you know, we, we played with, a, uh, you know, the business. Uh, there are a lot of things against us, for sure. You know, I had the Yankees on their station. We had a very a bad signal, so we went to FM. They, had, you know, they had their heritage station, and it it took a long, long time. But when we finally, and the fact that we did it right before he got out, because I I could sense it was happening over the last two years. We kept coming really, really close, and whether you counted streaming or not, we had been beating him for two years. But I just wanted to get it done before he walked away for good. And then when we did that, that was that was a big deal. And I know. Uh, although I have great respect for the career that he had, that that bothers him. He could say it doesn't because he's been asked. Right, go well, it's sixty to one. You know, I'll take sixty. Yeah, but the last inning was ours, so that's the one that is with you, Michael. You have pride and you have ego. We all do in this business. Uh, some of us too much. Um, but um, for same with me, when Dan and I set out, I, I remember the competing radio station. It was WQIM. Same situation, Heritage Radio Station down in Miami. Dan and I set out to do a show. Uh, the first couple of weeks we were on the air, I remember the GM calling us. He said what we were doing was Sissy Boy Sports Radio. And then uh, 18 months later, we had 12 shares and we were kicking everyone's ass. Wow. And so, uh, and, and it felt great. And so, and, and that's that's the only reason I brought it up because I know how hard you guys worked uh, to climb that mountain. They had a 25-year head start on you guys. So I know how hard uh, you but, worked to climb now, that mountain. And I was super happy when you did after it. After we did it, though. Now we've got to take on Carton, who's doing great. Yep. So I mean, it's always yep. a new challenge, yep. and you know, I've been I've been yeah. asked this a lot too. I feel more I feel more pressure with Carton than I did with Francesca because with Francesca, we were the little engine that could. Nobody expected right. us to beat him, but now yep. we were in first place when Carton came, and Carton's made great inroads and has beaten us in a lot of weeks. And 
it's just you know he's he's a he's a really good radio talent. He's fantastic. He's uh, he's super talented. Plus, you know he's going to work hard. Mike was mailing it in at the end. <laughs> you know, Carton ain't mailing no. it in, man. He is out to get you. Mike oh no, this means the world to Craig. And you know, obviously, he's had yes. a situation, yep. and I, I, I'm glad that everything's going well in his life. But it's it's going to uh, be this a battle. Is a bit now. of an open-ended really question, is. but I think it will make sense to you. Is Lagreca going to be okay? <laughs> Like just in general, <laughs> no one can get. I'm no one can get this mad about so many things. The one thing that's weird is that most people think it's all it's all you know made up. Oh, I know it's, it's not. It's not because if it was made up, he'd do it more because it gets so much. You know, he really gets angry, and like when you see his face turn like beet red, I worry about him because he's not in the best of shape. But I think he's going to be all right. Okay, good. Um, I read Robert De Niro was at your wedding. Is that is absolutely that untrue? As somebody really fake news. Okay, I mean I saw I'm it on Wikipedia. I'm I think because I was going to say it, it, it'd be hard to make it your wife's day if Robert De Niro's at the wedding. It was <laughs> weird because we had the wedding at the Plaza Hotel, so there were a lot of like Yankees there, um, and my uncle Danny Aiello, the late Danny Aiello, was there. That that was a, if you want to say a, a famous person, but throughout the night. Sterling was there and Sterling was getting inebriated and more and would walk outside to smoke. And there was a New York post reporter and who knows what gibberish John was giving him because we had that even Tyler performed. Not true. Robert De Niro is there. Not true. All of that was not true. I just wonder where they got it. It was amazing. And then like the New York post called and asked if they could have a picture from the wedding that they could run. And we said, okay. And the next day they ran it right now. I, I don't know if you know my wife. My wife is a really beautiful woman. I'm really lucky. And they, they run a picture of us, her and her gown, me in the tux. And the headline was beauty and the beast. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> you know what? You should have just sent them a headshot of Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. Kicking the cubes. It was unbelievable. Like Joel Sherman's a friend of mine, the guy who writes for the post. And he got really angry. That was the, the he said, this guy gives you a wedding picture and you essentially call him ugly? you got to take down that, that headline. They wouldn't take down the headline. He was really, really ticked off at them. Were you ticked off? I, I mean, I, I'm no oil painting, but I don't know if I'm a beat. <laughs> oil painting. Wait, so was Sterling? Did you find Sterling later in the night at your wedding just talking to himself in a corner? He was wandering around. He was so happy. Uh, he was definitely feeling something, I'll tell you that. Who was the most famous person at your wedding, if you don't mind me asking? Let's see. Um, Tino Martinez is there, and Carol Strawberry, and uh, a, lot, a lot. Joe Girardi, a lot of the Yankees, Paul O'Neill. Uh, Brian Williams was there. And you know who married me? And I didn't know that. I, I'll, I'll just leave it at Rudy Giuliani was the officiant. <laughs> oh man do you regret that <laughs> well i'm wondering if we can edit the tape but i mean <laughs> I, it's funny I, I mean no no disrespect at all but maybe some right i was showing we have very young children six and eight so i was showing them the wedding album and you know there's a picture of, of, of rudy marrying us and jody walks by me and she goes yeah that didn't age well and she kept walking so <laughs> it, it, it's, a it's weird and when i saw him in front of that you know crematorium in the porn shop that yeah. that didn't make the wedding that great at that point <laughs> center stage my most fascinating interviews from a rod to jay-z the book is out right now uh purchase it wherever you get your books we'll get you out of here 
um, in, in just a second here. Michael, you're all time. I'd be interested because there's so many choices. I was having this conversation with a friend just the other day because I'm Stugatz and this is the, these are the things I talk about. If I were to ask you, give me your all-time Yankee rotation, okay? Four starters. We know who the closer's going to be. You have to go four starters. Who is Michael K going with? It's tough. Is it people I've seen or like? Can I, uh, should I include Whitey you can, Ford? You can include Whitey Ford, whoever you want. I would say Whitey Ford, Ron Guidry, um, Andy Pettit. And that, you know what? It, it, it'd be real tough to choose between David Cohn and, and El Duque because wow. they're both like big game pitchers and they could win. Yes. But it would be a combination of those five, I guess, just off the top of my head. Who would you pick? Um, well, I would go, I'd go David Cohn. A big game pitcher. Uh, Ron Guidry was – so I was at the Twins game where Guidry what, – what he struck out, like 16 or 17 that day? It was 18. Was like dad, 18, right? 18. 18, right. So I love Ron Guidry. So he would be in there just because, you know, just because I loved him growing up. Uh, Guidry, Cone, I think David Wells might go in there for me. Like, yeah, just big game stuff. Um, El Duque, certainly, and then I think Andy Pett. You have to go Andy Pett, yeah. like big game pitcher, right? And you know what? We're leaving out Roger Clemens, too. And, and Roger was like 20 and 2 with them one year. I mean, we're leaving out a ton of guys. Leaving out Sabathia, like. leaving out, uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of guys we're leaving out. We're leaving out um, Lefty Lefty Gomez, who is a you know, Hall of Famer. So, I mean, you go back down. Yeah, it's crazy. But you're, you're putting Pettit El Duque in there just because – and da well, David Cohen's a Hall of Fame pitcher, so it doesn't matter. But those are big game pitchers. That's why you're choosing yeah, those guys. Yeah, right? absolutely. Pitchers, absolutely. Right? And you know what? Yeah. Andy Pettit was a – you know, he's just a great pitcher overall. And you're right. Leaving out Sabathia. I mean, there, there, there's, there's some Messina. tough – Leaving out Scott Kamenicki, that's not easy. <laughs> Kamenicki. Steve Klein. All right, let – <laughs> Who are the worst Yankee pitchers of all time? I won't Let's go there. <laughs> I know you won't go there. Uh, we're going to get you out of here, Michael. We're going to play a quick game with you. Uh, center stage, new book, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z. Um, quick game here. K or nay? All right? K or nay? Peeing in the shower. K or nay? Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, if you're doing it in the shower, I'm assuming you're doing it in the pool. K or nay? No, because my kids go in the pool. So, I, you know, if, not, if I didn't have kids, maybe maybe K, but right now, nay. Okay. Uh, not returning a wallet you found on the floor. K or nay? Well, you got, you got to give me more info. Is there money in it? Yeah, there's, there's cash. There is money in it, yes. There, there's enough money to tempt you to not give it back, Michael. I'd give it <laughs> Reclining your seat on a daytime flight. K or nay? Hey. Exactly. Yeah. Mike, Mike, I'm not Mikey A. I'm not even certain why you put this one in there. You like, why would you not recline your seat, especially you, Mikey A? <laughs> because if you recline in front of me, I'm done. Look at me, I'm done. <laughs> My trade table's not going down. Uh, getting the wrong change and keeping the extra, K or nay? Oh, definitely K. Yeah, that a boy. Yeah. Uh, picking off someone's plate while they are away from their plate, K or nay? What do you mean picking it up? I don't get it. So, Picking so you're off. at dinner. You're at dinner with Larry David. He gets up to go to the bathroom. There are a couple of fries hanging out there, and you just start picking away at his nay, plate. Nay, I would do it to my wife, nay. but not somebody else. <laughs> okay. Um, running up the score, K or nay? Nay. nay. 
having pitchers being checked for sticky stuff, <laughs> yay or nay? Way nay. Way nay. Way, way nay. Could have been done during the offseason. Exactly right. Um, farting on an airplane. I'm embarrassed to ask you this, K or nay? <laughs> Am I in distress? Or is <laughs> I, Yes. You know, if I'm in distress, it's got to be K. If it's if I'm doing it just to annoy people, it's not. <laughs> All right, Michael, we're going to get you out of here. Uh, check out his new book, Center Stage. Uh, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z. The book is out right now. You can purchase it wherever you get your books. How was Jay-Z when he was on with you, by the way? Phenomenal. I mean, really, yeah. you could see why he is who he is. He's smart. He's funny. He gets it. His fans love him. He was amazing. I came away, like, blown away by how, how sharp he was and how amazingly hooked into everything. And he knows everything about everything. He's a really bright guy. And A-Rod? A-Rod was great. A-Rod we had in 2003, so it was before the world turned. And we, we included it in the book. Because you could read between the lines and almost foreshadow some of the stuff that was going to happen to him. But uh, I like I like Alex. Obviously, he's got a lot of demons. But uh, back then, it was all all clean and happy and no problems whatsoever. Who, who's the smart person that realized that you had A-Rod and Jay-Z and got that? Because that is just a perfect thing to get. A-Rod to Jay-Z. Who's, was it you? I, I got to tell you, that was me. It really was me. Nice. It, it blew the publisher away. Because that <laughs> that's awesome. All right. And as a fellow Fordham guy, what's to go to on Arthur F? You know what? I like uh, I like Enzo's a lot. Um, I, I like that a lot. Uh, and also there's, there's one that's really classy. Like if you really want to go on a classy date, I forget the name of that one. It's not it's not on it's not on Arthur Avenue. It's on the other street. But I always go to Enzo's. How about you? Uh, I mean, I lived at Tino's. I, I was, you know, I was less than Stugatz when I went to Fordham, but Tino's did all this. Wow. And, uh, I and, like and White Castle. <laughs> Rigoletto de Pasquale is, is really good. And I have a White Castle story, too. So, like, when I'm at Fordham, obviously, I'm absolutely broke. Every time I go on a date, I, I say, ask the girl if she wanted to go to dinner, and she goes, where are we going to go? I go, La Chateau Blanc. She thought it was a restaurant, and we walked into White Castle. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Mike, I have a suggestion for you, okay? Please try to do this. Can you ask Francesca to be a guest on Center Stage? We have. <laughs> we have. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, listen, I've got he, stones. If I got one thing, he would not do it. We've had Russo really? on. He would not do it. So I, I would figure that Russo would absolutely bring out Mike Francesa because he'd be jealous that Russo was <laughs> Russo was great, but I was on Russo's show last week, and Russo's, like, really insulted that he didn't make the book. Oh, wow. He said, well, I, might, might I, I thought we did a great interview. I said, you did. He goes, well, how am I not in the book? I said, well, the publisher didn't <laughs> think that you had national appeal, and he was really hurt. <laughs> Dog, you'll get over it. Um, and, feel, and listen, Michael, feel free to have me on center stage whenever you want. Love, love to. <laughs> you know what? It would be a good one. It would be a good one. I promise you. I guarantee you. I would give you great content. Yep. Uh, Michael, thank you for doing this. Good luck with the book. I look forward to uh, to checking it out. It seems uh, it seems pretty fascinating. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Mike, you realize when we were doing all-time starting rotation for the New York Yankees, we left out a guy who threw two perfect games in a fucking World Series. Did he do two? I thought he only did oh, one. one. He did one. I don't know. Stupidity! <laughs> yeah, but one feels like two. Stupidity! <laughs> I mean... Don Larson. Don Larson. <laughs>
We're sitting there talking big game pitchers. Only one of them thrown a perfect game in a World Series, and we finally left them out. And that was the voice of the Yankees. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> yep. Stupidity. Buy his book. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.